I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. In addition to being your new associate rector, another hat that I wear is that of school chaplain for the primary and middle school at Holy Trinity in Bowie, Maryland. And on Tuesday night, 74 eighth graders got their diploma. And during the ceremony, class speakers reflected on what that moment meant for them. And several of them talked about how bittersweet it was. They were really excited about moving on to high school, but also sad to say goodbye to friends and teachers, especially after all that they've gone through together in these past couple of years. And it's this real threshold time of endings and beginnings for kids and young people of all ages uh, across the country. In our gospel reading today, Jesus is preparing his followers for their own threshold moment. In their case, their good friend, Jesus, his time on earth is coming to an end. Those words that we just heard him speak, they come from a much larger passage of words of comfort and words of instruction that Jesus speaks to his disciples. And all this happens on the night of his arrest. And then in this interesting and maybe unexpected turn, Jesus assures his disciples that it's to their advantage that he goes away because his departure is going to make way for something else the spirit to come. The spirit or the advocate, or if you want to look at it in the Greek, paraclete, it shows up after Jesus's departure. And that paraclete word, it means literally someone who comes alongside. So you might think of it like a teacher who comes alongside a student or a lawyer coming alongside a client or even a guide coming alongside a traveler. And so the Spirit will teach them things that Jesus hasn't taught them yet. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now the timing of this reading might seem a little bit funny because last Sunday we celebrated Pentecost and we heard stories of tongues of fire and this great wind coming into the locked room where the disciples were gathered they're empowered by the Spirit to minister in this new and bold way. So why are we hearing this text that's foreshadowing the Spirit's coming when we just threw a party for her last week? Well, today's Trinity Sunday, and this day always happens the Sunday after Pentecost. And it gives us the opportunity to celebrate the mystery and the wonder of the Trinity. And this gospel text, I think, was chosen because it gives a nod to all those aspects, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and gives us a pretty good example of a text that those early Christian communities were wrestling with and rejoicing with as they sought to understand who God is in light of encountering Jesus and the Holy Spirit. As one writer puts it, the Trinity presented to us in John is a manifestation of God's love, a way of opening a door into the mystery of God that allows ourselves, allows us to see ourselves embraced by it. So here are a few thoughts that I hope might further open that door to help you see yourself embraced by 
the depth of God's love as is expressed in the Trinity. For Jesus' earliest followers, there was both a two-ness and a oneness at play through their encounters with him. In Jesus, they somehow directly experienced and encountered God. And at the same time, Jesus often spoke of God as distinct from him, like when when he would speak of God as the one who sent him or when he would pray to God the Father. Nevertheless, in some way, God was incarnate and there with him. And so Christians, since those first followers, have sought to express this mystery through poetry and precision because they found that the Spirit, too, was this direct encounter with God. But as verses like the ones we just heard highlight, Jesus talked about the Spirit as a presence that was distinct from him and distinct from the one to whom he prayed. It actually took the church centuries to establish the doctrine of the Trinity, to try to put words around this mystery of unity in diversity. And in the divine relationship of the Trinity, neither the unity or the distinctiveness of those divine persons is compromised. And so eventually this, co- this consensus coalesced around the idea that God is properly conceived as both three and one. It's not three gods, because that misses God's unity and God's oneness. And yet it's not merely one, for that would miss God's threeness and wouldn't do justice to that sense of encountering God in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit. One way you might think about it is, instead of this kind of esoteric God high up there in the sky picture, the doctrine of the Trinity casts this vision of God that's down here and everywhere, creating and redeeming and sustaining creation at every turn. And the Trinity, it also points us to an understanding of God that's deeply relational. God being constituted by these three ongoing relationships between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's got a tremendous impact on us as humans, beings that are made in God's image, as Scripture tells us. We're made to be relational. We're made for community. That's in our hardwiring. And so at a minimum, this should remind us that relationships aren't just something that we do. Relationships are really who we are. Now this weekend, we're also in the midst of Capital Pride. June is Pride Month. And yesterday, the Pride Parade was held, and it was really powerful to see so many people coming together, especially after not being able to gather in that way for two years. And members of our St. John's community joined other Episcopalians from across the diocese to march in the parade. And one of the participants shared with me afterwards that as they marched, they made eye contact with someone, a stranger, that they didn't know uh, out in the crowd. And amidst all the people and the music and the celebrations, this person mouthed two words to the marcher. Thank you. This intimate and really quiet moment, I think, bears witness to the power of such a gathering. Because pride's not only a celebration of the beauty and the diversity of the queer community, it also continues to be this tangible, visible, incarnate 
act of resistance. At a time when the rights of many LGBTQ plus persons, particularly our trans siblings, are still on the line in a lot of respects. The church has had and it continues to have a great deal of power in influencing how our LGBTQIA siblings are treated. How and if we show up to gatherings like this, it really does make a difference. I think it's quite fitting that Trinity Sunday this year falls during the Pride Festival. Our LGBTQ plus siblings give us glimpses of the diversity of the Imago Dei, of God's image, that image that dwells within each one of us. The Trinity, this foundational theological underpinning that we take to point to who God and all of God's essence, who God really is, the Trinity resists any attempt to make God into this either-or, this-or-that kind of being. And so, too, do our queer siblings. Jesus, at his very core, also resists the binary. He's neither only human or only God. A foundational tenet of our belief is that Jesus is both fully God and fully human, and so maybe we can consider how our non-binary and our bisexual siblings might give us glimpses of this both-and quality of Christ through how they embody and resist attempts to reduce them to either-or binaries. The Trinity at its core, Jesus himself, they point to a dynamism that is simultaneously holy and mysterious. And so I wonder, is it so hard to imagine that some of us, as image bearers of God, might reflect that same dynamism within our own gender and sexual identities? Today, we get to celebrate that God is not an easily definable or explainable being. It's a day to revel in what we know and what we don't know about the Trinity, three in one and one in three. And we're invited to put ourselves alongside the psalmist, who in the psalm we heard this morning finds themselves looking up at the night sky and wondering why God cares so much for humans and what our role in this world is. Humankind is at our best when we are in constant search for the meaning of God. And we're likewise, I think, at our worst when we think we have it all figured out. As we celebrate Trinity Sunday in the midst of this Pride Month, may God open our eyes and our hearts to see the ways that the divine presence is saturating the world all around us and everyone that we encounter. Amen.